0: New York, Saturday, January 10th, 2009, 2300 hours. Daily summary. After setting into our uh, field HQ, a hunter's lodge in an undisclosed location in upstate New York, Team Dragonfly reviewed all available information on our target and engaged in field reconnaissance. Lansdale had sent us a new asset affiliated with Cell Orca, a man by the name of O'Malley, who could be anything from 50 to 70 years of age. He's rugged, has that carved-by-nature look, typical of outdoorsmen. He looks leathered and tough, clearly has military experience. He also came armed with an M-21 Marine sniper's rifle with a high-tech scope and a suppressed h and MPS-D5, which is a nice loadout. The American Underground Army's self-contained compound is demarked by two concentric wire perimeter fences. The inner fence surrounds the central compound, which consists of two barracks, the main house, a building we suspect to be an armory, and a concrete bunker. The fence is steel wire, topped with razor wire, and interspersed with watchtowers, each manned by two people. IR imagery reveals the presence of a power source beneath the bunker. The texture of the power source is compatible with the energy levels required to operate the portal, the reaching of which is the main objective of this mission. Access into the compound is limited to one road branching off from the main road and the lake. The weather conditions are severe. The lake is partially frozen with snow in layers 2 to 4 feet thick and further snow expected. Outer perimeter fence extends several hundreds of meters beyond the inner perimeter fence. Watchtowers are erected inside the outer perimeter but more widely dispersed. Dugouts, estimated capacity 2 to 3 persons, face outwards, and they're within 20 to 40 meters of the inner perimeter fence. The opposition is ex- estimated to be 60 to 90 individuals, all armed with light weaponry with only a limited number of military-grade weapons, but military-caliber rifles seem to be common. Surveillance indicates that watchtowers and dugouts are manned. At around 1,800 hours, a bell signal was rung, followed by a half-squad-sized patrol. Surveillance indicates the discipline among the training of rank and file is low, but the patrol leaders appear to be trained. Patrol equipment is civilian. High-caliber rifles for rank and file, and assault rifle for a patrol leader. Other equipment, civilian grade, portable radios, binoculars, scopes. It's Pierce. It's Sunday, January 11th, 2009, 1530 hours. After all-night discussions and planning, we are going forward. Additional assets have been flown in, bringing our strength to six, with Oshi manning the command post and O'Malley acting independently. The plan is to approach the compound from the east, cut through the outer perimeter, and proceed undetected to the inner perimeter fence under the cover of darkness and weather. Eliminate any opposition that might hinder progress to the inner perimeter, if necessary, and proceed to break into the bunker. Our risks include early detection and an inability to access the bunker. O'Malley is on standby to provide distraction by detonating an incendiary device near the main access to the compound and then, on response, provide covering fire if necessary. It's now uh, 1850 hours, still Sunday, January 11th, 2009, we're uh, boxed in below the bunker. During the infiltration, Team Dragonfly had to eliminate several dugouts. Treacherous ground made stealthy movement difficult. The opposition was eliminated without raising the alarm, though. Delays caused the team to extend its infiltration until past the appointed time for the patrol. Inner perimeter was breached, and the guards at the bunker door were eliminated. Access passes were then used to enter the bunker, and door unlocking mechanisms were disabled. Fierce opposition was encountered at the underground level of the bunker. Chief was wounded, but thankfully not incapacitated. The opposition was eliminated through the use of explosive charges. Access was gained to the terminal room, occupied by one computer terminal, an early model with no discernible connections. There was a screen question, S-O-L, password nine characters. As the enemy was about to breach the outer doors, Chief had a sudden thought. Speed of light two nine nine seven nine two four five eight meters per second. It worked. Godspeed to us all. I've no idea of the time. But it's about maybe two hours since I last reported. Password got us through. And into the gate. The experience was not dissimilar to the one that we used from Berlin to the restaurant of the end of the universe. We exited into a submarine, Type 21, World War II vintage, for the look of it. The team swept through the submarine before being accosted by two modified humanoid beings of extreme resilience and strength. They're big fuckers, too. The team was taken in a pincer as AUA foot soldiers transited through the gate and attacked us from behind. I managed to get split up from the rest of the group, as they were driven back by one of the fucking super freaks, while the second one was trying to cave my skull in with a wrench. Well, although not unsimilar to going up against the opposing squad's goon, I'd never been up against an eight-foot person armed with a wrench. I managed to dodge and weave, and then put a forty four Magnum slug in the freak but to no avail. just seemed to bounce off him. He then grabbed me and smashed his head into my, uh, nether regions, which I only survived thanks to the use of the shield of Isis. Which you know is kind of ironic as the only piece of Osiris that Isis could not save was, yeah you guessed it, his dick. All the while the rest was letting go a full auto blast into the freak's companion with bullets ricocheting all over the place. And they kept firing and firing and firing. The frig then threw me into a bulkhead and charged, at which point the others were done dicking around and stormed in with full auto on the frig to try to squash my nuts. Well, that did it for him. Our has managed to take care of the AUA goons, and after grabbing some ammunition off the AUA to replenish our stock, we proceeded onto the sub's lower level. Up near the bow, we found a diving well, overseen by yet a bigger one, a bigger freak. That one, apparently Oberleutnant Wilhelm Meyer, initially thought that we were AUA coming up. We braced ourselves for another shootout, when Meyer decided to let us go unchallenged. Apparently he was pissed off, something about the fact that he felt betrayed having been turned into what he now was, a freak, rather than being a poster boy for Aryan pride. We prepared to suit up for honesty excursion into Arctic temperature waters. Meyer advised us that we had all of 10 minutes, because A, we only have air for 10 minutes, and B, if suffocation didn't get us, the freezing waters would. Great.